0: Hi, I'm Steve Acuna, your host of the 30-Minute Sage, your source of practical advice to move forward through corporate and life changes. I come to you as a certified professional in change management and life coaching with over 25 years of boots on the ground and leadership experience that spans five corporate industries. This podcast explores the challenges of leading corporate teams through change with the audacious goal to apply techniques and wisdoms that go well beyond the workplace and into daily life. Along the way, I will share my successes and failures, my learnings and my truths, as I continue to transcend corporate life and apply my personal mission to raise consciousness that activates the power of our human community. Welcome to the 30 Minute Sage. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode two Gaslighting versus Change Management, Effects of Manipulation, and Gaslighting Defense. Hey, before we get into the content, let's talk about the podcast. First off, the podcast is casual, so it's more like a conversation. This keeps it all simple and reduces the heavy production, and it helps me to focus on sharing and content. In this episode, I will define gaslighting and share my direct experiences with people that sought to negatively control me and my work for my past. In no way am I calling out any specific companies or or person, so I will generalize these experiences and what I've learned. It's my hope that you take these ideas and consider them for your own application. That process I call finding your inner sage. As always, I will share a takeaway for each segment so you have something to reflect on afterwards. Finally, this podcast is not therapy. Change management can be emotionally charged, so if you're not emotionally okay, please seek the professional assistance you need. Professional therapy has helped me and my family through tough times, so remember, it's okay to not be okay. All right, let's get into our first segment, gaslighting versus change management. You know, first off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off with the definition of gaslighting, talk a little bit about where the term came from. I will share an example that was uh, pretty hard-hitting for me, and uh, I hope that this that'll illustrate some of the definition that I'll share as well. I would like to talk about change management, though. It, it is a way to combat uh, gaslighting, at its, uh, given its very nature, and I'll talk more about that. And then we'll talk about why it's so hard to, to uh to get rid of gaslighting in our corporate situation, or even even in life, you know, in general, I'll talk about it that way. But let's get into the topic of, of what this term means. Uh, so the term originates in a, in a systematic psychological manipulation of a victim by her husband in an actual play, a stage play uh, written by Patrick Hamilton called Gaslight. And the film was uh, adapted and released in 1944, and that was in 1938, and it was adapted and released as a movie in 1940 and 1944, Uh, you know, in the story, the husband attempts to convince his wife and others that she's insane. And he does this by manipulating small elements of their environment and insisting that she's mistaken, uh, remembering things incorrectly or delusional when she points out that these things have changed around her. Uh, The play's title alludes to how the abusive husband husband really slowly dims the gas lights in the home while pretending nothing has changed in an effort to make her doubt her own perceptions. And so you can already think about this in a workplace uh, as something that could potentially be an approach to get some control over someone. And uh, but before we get into the details of that, let me just let me base get us based into a definition here, and this is just an online definition I pulled pulled up. So let's talk about the definition. The definition is psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perceptions of reality, or memory. Typically leading to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. Important point at the end is that, that last statement. And so remember that when we go into my example. So this is really bad stuff. You know, this is the kind of stuff that creates a lot of situations where people don't feel comfortable about their own abilities and value and skill sets. So let me, let me jump into an example of this and how I experienced this. And this is one of a few examples. Some of many of them are benign, you know, that the person just wasn't really thinking about the situation, but in this case, it wasn't, it was actually intentional. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take you back years and I'm not going to talk about companies or specific people, just so you know, uh, but I'm going to go back years and, uh, tell you a little bit about where I was in my career and and uh, and tell you a little bit more about the experience I had. So in my career at that time, I was feeling great. I was happy. I, I was feeling as though I'd really started to get uh, my legs under me in my career. And I started to feel confident about my abilities to bring a unique flavor to the work, uh, utilizing my experiences and my know-how. And, uh, I was rewarded in, in previous roles about, you know, my, how I did this in the past and how I, uh, created success in the past. So my confidence was actually based off of my own experiences and the reinforcement of positive experiences. And so I, I started this job and, uh, I started working for a, um, a high up leader and it was really in the beginning of my, my job, it's probably within the first month or so, I was given a big ass- assignment, which was to me kind of a no-brainer. It was a lot of the work that I had done in the past, and it was a great way for me to show my ability to, to get things moving forward and to show some unique perspective that really demonstrates my expertise. And I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to show everyone why I need to be in this company, helping in this space. And, and, uh, and I thought this was going to be a great example of that. So I spent extra hours, you know, focusing on this plan to build this solution. And the solution was one that was very complex, but you know, not overwhelming. It didn't overwhelm me or anything, but I felt like it was a great challenge. So I built this uh, plan and I thought it was just airtight. I was so happy about it. And I was, I was thrilled uh, to turn it in. And it was uh, near the end of the week, near the end of the day. And I sent it to my, my, the leader. And uh, probably within 15 minutes or so, I got an email back and the person responded, you know, Steve, I appreciate what you sent, but uh, there's a lot of things here that are wrong. And I'd like to talk to you immediately about the, the deliverable. And, uh, and can, we, can we get on a call? And so I got that email, and I just thought, "Wow, what is what is happening here?" I was shocked, first of all, and I was like, "Okay." And my heart started to race, like I I had done something wrong, you know. Um, so I get a phone call, like probably within minutes of that email, reading that email, and the person tells me that, you know, they brought me on for the expertise that I bring and my skill set and my track record, and he was shocked by what I turned in and really, um, disappointed. And when I heard those words, I I was just stunned. I was, I felt like this sick feeling in my gut and I, and I felt like I was like in in the principal's office or something. And, uh, to make matters worse, he actually changed the plan and added things that were absolutely wrong, you know, based off of my own experiences and expertise and know-how. And, uh, but this was what this person insisted needed to be in there. So immediately I was thrown off by the situation, thinking that all of the things that I felt confident in now were in question within just a few minutes of this interaction. And I started to wonder, you know, what I needed to say next in this conversation. So I, I said, well, what, what feedback, you know, tell me a little bit more about the feedback. So I understand, you know, where I can get better. That was my attitude. And by the way, that's always been my attitude, you know, is that I I encourage feedback. I encourage, um, you know, any kind of suggestions that can help me grow. And in this case, I I knee jerk react reacted in that way. I I said, you know, tell me more. And so this person went, of course, and and started to explain the changes, which really um, didn't make a lot of sense to me as an expert. And, uh, so I reflected on this and I was really bothered by it for many, many days after. And I started thinking about, I was like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't seem right. There's something wrong with this situation. And so I started to think a little bit more about the occurrences. And I found that this was consistently done every single time I had an interaction with this specific leader. And so this was a method for him, uh, this person to, um, find weaknesses that created opportunities for control. And so I ended up asking for feedback, which automatically put me in a situation where the individual was now had a power position over things that I knew already given my expertise. And so I was nicely under control at that point, but things changed for me because I started to recognize that this is a pattern. And I started to recognize the effects on my own uh, feelings about my abilities. And I came out of it. I'll talk more about that in the next segment. But I do want to cover off, though, why it's important that we keep this in mind when it comes to change management. Now, change management is an interesting thing that's really about making sure people are ready for change. It empowers people to be ready for change. It utilizes expertise from individuals. It it activates their voices that actually creates better solutions. Now, you can already see that this would be something that would probably aggravate somebody who potentially is a gaslighter because it shifts the power structure. And so I encourage people to really utilize change management as a methodology to help empower those individuals that might have already been victimized for a long time in situations where they've just kind of become compliant. And so I believe that change management is a way for us to expose sometimes the gaslighter, but it's also a way to re-establish the power to the individuals that are affected by change. So it's important to make sure that you're utilizing a methodology. And there are many methodologies, by the way, and I'm not gonna get into any debate about which is better than another. I would say this about a methodology. Um, I believe it's one, the best one is the one that you can all agree on using. If everyone would just apply a methodology consistently, then everything gets better regardless because of the activation of the individuals affected by change and a method that actually keeps things uh, organized. So just kind of keep that in mind. I don't want to get into which one is the best at this point. Um, but I do think it's important to have one. So please do your research. There are plenty of methodologies out there. Uh, there's ProSci, there's, uh, there's AIM, there's Cotter, there's, there's a number of others. You could even come up with your own. Uh, but I would steer more away from which one it is as opposed to having one in the first place. So this brings me to my first takeaway about the individual. In this case, you know how I felt um, given the experience I had. Um, here's the takeaway. If you don't honor and believe in your abilities and expertise, then you will be a perpetual victim for gaslighters. Okay. So if you don't honor and believe in your abilities and expertise, you will be a perpetual victim for gaslighters, you know, because it's fear-based, it's used as a fear-based way to motivate change in you to make you feel as though you are not the expert that you know you are. So keep this in mind when you have individuals that make you feel that way, make a record of these experiences so that you can see the patterns necessary. And also also to really make sure that you're identifying the problem ahead of time, as soon as you can, because it's one that won't go away. It's part of our culture. It's part of the way we actually maintain control in some cases. And some of it is very benign. But in this case, in my experience, it wasn't. It was meant to control me. It was meant to make me weak uh, to the point where I could just do whatever the person wanted me to do. And fortunately for me, I woke up and I saw what was happening. And I believe that if you were in these situations, I'm hoping that this conversation and this topic in segment one just inspires you to look into it further for yourself. All right, let's continue on to segment two, the effects of manipulation. And so just to kind of build from the previous segment, I I talked at the end about how this is gaslighting and this kind of manipulation stuff is part of our culture and what does that mean uh so i want to spend a little bit of time explaining that at the beginning of this as it relates to the effects of the manipulation the gaslighting uh so being part of our culture well you know we're all storytellers sometimes you know and sometimes we might leave some details out and uh You know gaslighting can also show up in a very unique way where certain details are left out and then individuals that hear uh, the details without the portions that you've left out make assumptions about what they've learned from that experience and they act on those assumptions sometimes so that sounds really kind of cryptic and weird so let me talk about this in more of a an example and In this example, I'll talk about why it's kind of part of our culture, uh, in my opinion, and why it's also difficult to to get rid of in in our interactions and and work and, and also just in life in general. So let's first just unpack that just for a moment. So if we think about, you know, storytelling and we want to make a great story out of something, sometimes, you know, it's natural for folks to maybe embellish a little bit or to leave certain things out that are boring. Um, you know, when it comes to gaslighting, that kind of creates an interesting situation about memory. Uh, so an example that I would add to this uh, this conversation is this. Uh, I've been in situations where individuals having a conversation with perhaps a, a boss of mine or a peer of mine, and they happen to tell a story about an interaction they had with perhaps me about a situation. And uh, they embellish the story or leave out some parts to make it sound so much worse than it was. And this has actually happened to me. It's happened to me a, quite a number of times in my career. Uh, that individual has an impression, is left with an impression about me and what I, how I operate what I know, um, my integrity, anything that that person said is something that person now has an assumption about me, uh, has created an assumption about me around that. And sometimes these things can also be showing up as examples of, of gaslighting. Uh, in this case, uh, this individual spoke to, uh, a previous boss of mine. This was years ago. And uh, had this interaction with me, which I thought was very positive. I kept it very professional. It was very on point when it came to trying to accomplish the goals and what we were trying to work on together. But this person made it sound like I was creating an issue and I was also creating an issue that was going to affect my boss. And so this person talked to my boss about it and my boss came back and said, Hey, I talked to so-and-so. And uh, this is what they shared. And I was shocked. I was like, what? That's not what happened. This is what happened. And I laid it out with full-on integrity. Like, this is exactly how that interaction went. But because the individual had manipulated the story in such a way, my boss was actually angry with me from the get-go of that conversation. And I couldn't figure out why. And so when this my this person you know mentioned this is what happened, this is what this person told me, I was really kind of floored by that. I was really like, how how can this person, first of all, even have that perception, which was like we were in the same a different conversation, like in a different world, uh, from from what I experienced from what this person told my boss. And so I I was first of all just trying to process that. And then of course it clicked for me. I started started to realize like wait a minute, hold on. This is this is a form of gaslighting because this is creating uh this is stating something that has occurred, manipulating the conversation or the memory and then creating a, an effect in that individual that basically has everything to say about my performance review, right? So this is another form of gaslighting that I've seen way too often it's happened uh this example is years ago you know um but it's occurred you know more more often than i'd ever really (laughs) like to ever have it happen right this is something that seems to be the most insidious way that gaslighting gets started and in this case it was gaslighting upward it was gaslighting somebody that was in charge for them to react to it inappropriately because they didn't have all the right information. Now that's, that's pretty sinister. I think, I, I honestly think that that is, you know, kind of like evil. Um, that, that tells me that this person's on a different level when it comes to trying to manipulate or control situations. And so my response was, is to directly go to my boss and explain what was happening, but also keep record of the things that were happening with this individual. And I will talk about this more in the gaslighting defense segment in, in a moment here after this one, but it's really important to know that the manipulation of these things can be about what you remember or what truly happened with what, and how the person positions it to be not how you remembered it so that you, you start to think, well, gosh, you know, I'm so busy. May, maybe, Maybe it, w- maybe it did happen that way. And at that very moment, at that very moment is when you just gave your personal power away. And if the gaslighter is in a position to recognize that, now that person is positioned to continue to work on you, to continue to manipulate situations around you so that you become fearful and you become, uh, uh, you become, The individual that doesn't trust what you know, uh, what you feel, um, what you think. And these kinds of situations create long-lasting effects. And I got to tell you, you know, um, I shared the example in the previous segment. That was the last straw for me. Uh, that was when I actually decided to move on from that particular organization because I realized I could not change the situation. I could not uh, this this person, and in some cases this happens, you know the, the individual is working 24 7 to try to figure out how to manipulate situations, and I'm not working 24 7 to defend against them. I'm trying to get my job done. And so I'll never win that battle. okay, I'll never win that battle. And because of that, I had to accept the fact that I had to just do something about it that was fairly drastic in that situation. I'll talk more about this in in the defense segment here shortly. But my point is, is that some of these things are about how we tell stories, how we try to make really great stories. And, you know, it's it's natural for us to try to, you know, uh, change minor details innocently to just make it entertaining. But this isn't that, okay? This is about actually creating a situation that results in more control of an individual, okay? So when I say it's difficult to get rid of, it is because in a way, it's kind of what we do naturally when we're storytelling sometimes and saying, let's leave the boring part out. You know, it's, let's, let's make that funny part come out more because it's, it's fun and we enjoy that. Now, this is another level of it. Right. This is actually taking it to a point where it's intentionally controlling. Okay, so when I say that it's difficult to get rid of, it's it's because it's kind of in our nature to be thinking about things in in the light of, you know, engagement and and interaction with people in this way. Okay, so I want to I want to kind of come to uh, the next step here of what what it means to manage the situation, though. Okay, managing this situation means that you're taking into account the experiences that you are having with individuals and you're paying attention. You're managing how things are actually the interactions with these individuals to just recognize whether or not those interactions are of, hey, you know, curiosity, because, hey, you're an expert. I want to learn from you versus no, you're not. And here's why I know more than you. And I'm going to create doubt or, you know, that situation that we had, that's not how I remembered it. You must be mistaken. I'm sure you've been working a lot of hours or, you know, perhaps, you know, we're just not seeing things eye to eye, but, and, and kind of confused a little bit about why you remember it that way. But here's what I remember. And the gaslighter goes off to tell the story, right? These kinds of things are really important to note they happen a lot in, in the workplace. They also can happen outside of the workplace. And uh, as you could imagine in relationships, friendships, uh, or maybe the lack of friendship, um, You know, those aren't really your friends if they do things like that. But these are the kinds of things that we have to pay attention to because if no one is paying attention to them, then we ourselves become lost and confused and we start to lose sight of the value that we bring into this world and into our, our work and into the relationships. Okay. So takeaway number two, manage the situation and waste no time in getting help and healing. Okay. Uh, I'll say it this way I started to manage a situation. And I'll talk about a few techniques to do that in the next segment. But managing the situation, first of all, starts with paying attention. And secondly, start to check in with yourself. How do you feel about the situation? Are you losing confidence and you don't know why? Are you in a situation where you just don't feel like you can get up to do your work because you just don't believe in yourself anymore? These are lasting effects that you have to take control over. You have to heal from. Um, I'll be honest. I I ended up in including a lot of this uh, these experiences into uh, some therapy that I um, that I was going through because it was all part of this system of depression that I had created around myself which included some topics that I shared in the first episode about my son, you know, and and the situation that was happening there. But through therapy, I was able to kind of rediscover myself and to build myself back up. So in this takeaway, keep in mind, you've got to manage the situation yourself. Okay. Take accountability for your situation and these interactions and waste no time in getting the healing that you need. All right, let's talk about gaslighting defense. Uh, You know, the last segment I I talked about, you know, drastic measures that I took. Um, The most drastic measure for me was to leave a job that I really liked, uh, really, really was excited to have. And it came to that conclusion because I recognized that I couldn't change the situation. And part of changing how I felt about myself was to actually change my employment. So I hope that that doesn't com- it doesn't come down to that for you. If you are feeling victimized by this type of manipulation, but I do want to cover off a few things that I did uh, and continue to do to short circuit gaslighters uh, or even potential ones that I that I have yet to meet. So first off, uh, I, I really work on recognizing the signs of gaslighting. One simple sign of gaslighting that I see in organizations when, when I first start in a job is that I see that people are very apologetic all the time. Um, the, there's a lot of people that say they're sorry for things that they know they hadn't done wrong or that, you know, somebody else was at fault or accountable for it. These individuals sometimes can be just kind of the uh, the conditioned population of employees that happen with that type of environment. So pay attention to that. The other thing that I've seen happen too is just overall morale is low and there's not a lot of belief in solving problems together, you know, and um, this type of uh, experience can really kind of sh- shed some light on how people are feeling about their Abilities to uh, to do their work and to show their expertise and to solve problems together. I think it's very important and it can be a sign that there's something going on. Uh, the other part of it, too, is gossip. Gossip is another sign that I always pay attention to when the environment itself is really conducive to people gossiping and sharing things about individuals that are, are not true or, you know, uh, embellished. It creates an environment that's very fertile for the gaslighter to operate. Gaslighters inject themselves in those conversations and create uh, this whole tapestry of lies uh, about individuals or situations that are based off of assumptions or just uh, things that are just not true in order to benefit their situation. And gossiping can create that environment uh, all around you. So just pay attention and don't participate in it. You know, just understand that you have choices about that, and to participate it also enables it, and it creates an environment that makes it very easy for gaslighters. Okay, so there are some key steps I want to cover off here uh, to to deal with this behavior, this predatory behavior. You want to make yourself a, a difficult victim. and, and, uh, there's a way, there's some ways to do that. One is keep great records from meetings or interactions and summarize decisions and next actions publicly, send them to everyone that was in the meeting. So everyone knows the next steps. There's no room for manipulation of memory. If a meeting, if a meeting is with a group and includes that gaslighter, the person you suspect to be gaslighting, make sure that you get verbal confirmation from, from people about the understanding of next steps, which includes the gaslighter. Uh, the reason why you want to do that is you want to make sure that the community, there's a community of knowledge here, uh, community knowledge that really helps everyone to be an advocate for next steps and everyone to have the same memory about those next steps, okay? So it's just a matter of just making sure you get confirmation, especially from the individual that you suspect is a gaslighter. Um, you wanna have trusted witnesses with you. And please don't have meetings with this individual uh, by yourself. If you can actually have somebody with you as a partner in your in your work or to be, uh, be involved in the conversation because they're involved in the solutions, you know, have that person join you so that there's another person that can help witness the outcomes of the meeting, and also make sure that you know you have somebody who could support you should anything happen from that conversation, and the person tries to manipulate it. Uh, that witness will will pay dividends uh, back to you in regards to making sure that you yourself have the sturdiness to confront the individual if you have to, and confronting is also part of the techniques. Uh, confronting alone is a little bit more difficult. So I do suggest that last, uh, that last technique, uh, but it is something that you have to stay strong with and you have to be sure that your, your details are clear. The last thing to do is to get professional support or therapy to regain your confidence and to take back the power, uh, of your uniqueness and the value that you bring to the organization. It's really something that can be very devastating. I know for myself, it was. Lastly, I want to mention that there's a great book that I would recommend called Gaslighting: uh, Recognizing Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. Uh, it's, it's written by Stephanie Moulton Sarkis. It's probably the most comprehensive look into this type of manipulation that I've that I've seen. So, uh, but I do highly recommend that you do some research for your situation uh, to help yourself through it. Uh, the takeaway here is very much in line with what I just talked about. Takeaway number three, record details and visual evidence of any dealings with gaslighters. Uh, If this fails in its effect, uh, based off of my suggestions, you know, keeping record, um, making sure everyone's clear, short circuiting, all of the opportunities for somebody to gaslight, uh, then you need to explore alternative job opportunities, okay? Uh, it's a real, uh, significant step to take to have to leave a job over this, but I think it's well worth it. If you're under attack with gaslighting in the environment that you're working in, it is not worth your self-worth, your confidence and the value that, you know, you bring to this world, to your job and to everyone that you come in contact with. So preserve that and make sure that you are taking care of yourself. All right, let's summarize episode two. In our first segment, we talked about gaslighting versus change management. We talked about the definition of gaslighting, what it is and, and how it shows up. And I gave an example of how it showed up in my early career as well. Uh, I did reference change management and the methodologies used to short circuit gaslighting based off of creating an environment that empowers people that are affected by change versus the gaslighter trying to control people. Uh, so. Keep in mind the importance of that use of methodology to really bring the voice of those individuals forward and to really gain back their power through their expertise and knowledge and solutioning. The takeaway was, if you don't honor and believe in your abilities and expertise, you will be a perpetual victim for gaslighting. Please don't be a victim. Make sure that you are aware of what you bring to the table and believe and honor that every single day. In segment two, we talked about the effects of manipulation. And really the manipulation of memory. Uh, This is a really insidious way that gaslighting shows up in the workplace or even outside of the workplace. And the management of that really is about you paying attention. So the takeaway is manage the situation and waste no time in getting help and healing that you need. So again, manage the situation waste no time in getting the help and healing that you need. It's really important for you to start with the awareness and to evaluate the circumstances and situations around you. Uh, please don't second guess yourself either. If you believe that gaslighting is actually in your environment, take it seriously. For segment three, gaslighting defense, we talked about a number of ways to manage the gaslighting situation. Uh, The takeaway itself is record details and visual evidence of any dealings with gaslighters. That means making sure that you keep great records from meetings and interactions that involve this individual so that you have witnesses about the next steps and expectations. Uh, Very important to create those advocacies with witnesses so that people don't have gaslighter doesn't have the opportunity to victimize you. You also have a better chance of confronting somebody with this evidence because you'll have witnesses with you. So take charge of your life. Take charge of your work. Take charge of your relationships. Know that you are a very special person that has talents and skills that are unique and different from everyone else that you are valued that you are loved and just know that it is not about you sometimes circumstances are created around you to create control and it's important to remember that you can regain that control starting now